Well, hey, and welcome to the podcast today. Apprentice Billionaire is back, and we're looking at helping you become an apprentice billionaire, trainee billionaire, billionaire in training, whatever form you want to look at it. But if you're serious about building business and building wealth for yourself, this is the podcast for you. I'm Brad Sugars, and I'm going to host with it today. And today I get to join a great team. These guys are having a lot of fun with business. Rick and Helen, how you doing, gang? Hey. Yeah. Lovely to say hello. Yeah, yeah I'm, good, I'm, thank you. Well, I'm here in Las Vegas. You guys are over in Chelmsford in Essex, so hence the, the yeah. half Australian, half American accent talking to the Brit accent. <laughs> <laughs> and we're a bit lost because we're both we're both originally from the north of England and we're now down in the south. We've been here ten years, so uh, the locals around here don't understand us either. <laughs> it's kind of funny, you know, when I travel through England, I always wonder something, like I get to places like Hull and I look at people and go, what are you yeah. saying to me? And they're speaking more <laughs> English English than I am, so there you go. Now, listen, you guys, you started yeah. a business, Hey Pigs. Before we get into what the business is and how it works and everything like that, what got you to decide to go into business for yourself? Because you're crazy to go into business for yourself these days, apparently. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I, th- I, th- I think uh, it, it was my fault. Um, it absolutely was. His fault, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd, I added, I'd had a career in product design. I'd, I'd worked for people. I must admit, I always found it difficult working for people. I was always the one who was rubbing people up the wrong way and challenging processes and procedures I, and the likes. And, I seem to know a know, few um, people like I'd, that, Rick. I know a few yeah. people like that. <laughs> So I always said one yeah, of the best and, one of the best know, key skills yeah. you can have in life is being bad at working for other people. If you're bad at working for other people, you're probably yeah. going to succeed on your own. Oh, you're just breaking up there a little a little bit there, Brad. Can you still hear us? Yeah, I've got you. So I was just saying, if if I'm my experience is that if you're bad at working for others, you're generally better at working for yourself. Can you? Sorry, sorry, we just lost you there. Yeah, I got you guys clear as well. Uh, we're back in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the challenge of working for other people, working for teams, um, working with people that rub you up the wrong way—the the lazy people, the pushy people—and you know, you you have these big dreams. You know, you, you think, oh, why am I making all this money for these people when I, you know, I could be doing it all for myself and. You know, personally, I managed to see several products come to fruition. I, they're in the shops. I was able to say to people, "Yeah, that's what I did." You know, that's what. Well, but hang on, Helen, how did how did he drag you in on this then? How did he drag you across from your <laughs> performance background and say, "Listen, you got to join me"? Probably, probably kicking and screaming. No, um, I think um, I've sort of always always been there as a support and as you know, someone to bounce ideas off. Um, you know, I say. Um, the, the fact that the, the business has grown out of something that we love, which is guinea pigs, that was kind of my fault because I was the one desperate to get guinea pigs as a pet. So um, I guess that that then got the ball rolling. Um, but really, to start with, you know, it was it was Rick pushing it himself. And you know, as things have grown and as you know our lives have changed, and you know. Um, and my situation's changed with work and then having a child and, you know, as, as such, I've then got more involved with the business. So 
it's it's really interesting, you know, because I notice a lot of people when they start business for themselves, family members, friends, they're kind of like, you're crazy. What are you doing? How are you going to do that? So especially when you're young and doing it. I mean, it's, it's like double crazy. What? How did you know what you're doing? Did anyone say that to you? Because I know being English, everyone's very uh, uh, prim and proper and wouldn't say anything like that to you. Well, yeah, I mean, we haven't got onto the business yet, but you'll, you'll, when people, when we reveal what the business is all about, I mean, you can understand there were quite a few people who thought we were off the wall, or certainly I was. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Helen was supporting this crazy idea. Um, I'm pretty certain, though. if if people aren't yeah. crazy, they're not going to succeed at something because you got to be a little bit nuts to go into business for yourself. You got to be a little bit crazy to want to do something that's, you know, opposite of what 80, 90% of the population does. Absolutely. And you weigh up some of the risk, you know, there are, there are elements of it where you think, well, what's the worst case scenario here? What, what could we absolutely lose? You know, um, we have a mortgage, we have a, we have a house, you know, at the time we didn't have a child. We now have a child. We, we, we sort of started the business and then got on with a child. We just thought we'd make it even harder work for ourselves. Yeah. Make, make sure um, you double down, you know, don't make it hard on yourselves, double down and do it. Listen, <laughs> If we all waited till we were ready, no one would have ever got into business for themselves. No one would ever had a kid. And based on your business, no one would ever buy a guinea pig. I mean, all right, I've already said you guys are crazy. Now I'm going to tell everyone about your business. These guys started a business around guinea pigs, guinea pig products, guinea pig everything. You name it, it's guinea pig. They got it type thing. So how did, I mean, for real, come on, tell me, Helen. Was it real? You you richly just adopted a couple of from a rescue center and then decided this is going to be our business. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, my 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 transition from working in an office in London was to to strike out on my own and start off freelance. And um, I was working at that point down the bottom of the garden. Um, the guinea pigs were spending most of the spring and summer out in on the, on the lawn, you know, in a run. And I was watching them, and I'm trying to come up with the next novelty pencil for humans. I think the thing was as well, we'd, we'd bought them so much stuff. So as a, as a pet parent, we've gone out, hadn't we? Well, I know I just Hang on, hang on. With an, um, Take me back here a step. You bought a yeah. bunch of stuff for your guinea pigs. You're, you've, you've given me a new yeah. term there, a pet parent. A pet parent, yeah. So <laughs> very, very much very much feeling that these animals were part of our family and they very quickly became part of the family i think that's they, fantastic they had, a, they had a plaque with their name on the hutch yeah, <laughs> yeah. um but yeah by, by just going out and buying them loads of loads of things you know things that supported the kind of stuff that guinea pigs want to do so tunnels and archways and places to hide and um you know, interesting ways to eat their food and all of the things that can kind of stimulate them. But we, we really got to the point where, you know, we bought them loads of stuff and then we were looking And I think that's probably, Rick, where your brain yeah, started yeah. working. And unfortunately, my brain, being a creative, uh, you know, 13, 14 years, it doesn't switch off. And um, I've been doing lots of things in the film industry where we're creating ranges of merchandise to promote films. And I was like, man, why don't we do ranges for guinea pigs? Wouldn't that be awesome? So, you know, we started thinking about all these crazy ideas about space guinea pigs and circus guinea pigs and wild west guinea pigs. And 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 
you know, the, the idea was there. And, and um, you know, I started scribbling away. And before you know it, a few 3D prints later, you're trying it out with the guinea pigs, you know, and, and they're loving it. And you're thinking, well, actually, is there a serious business model here? Um, yeah. Is there a market? Well, this is an interesting question because you guys have not only picked a niche, you've picked like the smallest segment of a niche. Like it's, we're going to build animal products. No, no, we're going to build products for <laughs> guinea pigs, this tiny yeah, little yeah. group. Uh, of people how do, has that both made it easier and harder or what's your thoughts on that yeah i mean it, it's the, it's the thing that when we were pitching the business concept everyone was going you're crazy why why aren't you doing rabbits as well why aren't you doing all small animals and mm. um, why are you making it so small and, and and my point was always that a guinea pig is not a hamster a hamster is not a ferret a ferret is not a rabbit you know, these all have completely different needs. You know, some are nocturnal, some feast sleep, feast so sleep. You know, forgive they, me they all, as just a, forgive me as a plain old dog owner for not knowing the difference, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but um, it, it, believe me, the number of times we get asked about our hamsters, um, you know, by the pound <laughs> for every time. <laughs> in fact, you wouldn't believe it. We got a bit of, a nice bit of press in the Sunday Times uh, just before Christmas, and they bought, bought, bought it up on the BBC Breakfast News. And the guy on there called our product uh, a hamster cannon. And I just, I just looked at it. And, oh my goodness! But it proves the point. <laughs> but it proves the point that if you can't tell the difference between the species, how can you possibly? A, look after them properly, and B, get them what they need. Right. So let's go down that road just for a second. You pick the tiniest of niches. That that makes it harder mm. in some instances that your business doesn't have a lot of customers in one market. But then from mm. a marketing perspective, you if you really know your exact market, it makes it easier, I guess. Yeah. And, and some of the evidence that was out there, uh, Brad, you know, there were two or three really large Instagram, relatively speaking, Instagram accounts that, that had guinea pigs at the center of them. And we're talking 200,000 followers um, of a guinea pig, you know? Um, that's that, that's that insane. Pretty... That is one of the most fun things I've learned today, <laughs> that there is guinea pig instas. But see, this is the whole point of Instagram, the whole point of Facebook, the whole point of all of these markets is that you can niche down to the tiniest group, but they're massive when yep. you start actually accessing a globalized marketplace. Yeah, yeah. And we actually started building our social media following before we'd even let on that we were going to create a business. Right. So we have yeah. several thousand followers of, of our rescue guinea pigs. Um, Nutmeg and Neptune. We... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, uh, you know, by that, by probably by the point we launched the business, we probably had about five guinea pigs. But we had a decent following of people who are like-minded, um, and we already had some connections with some of the larger accounts that effectively become your influencers, um, you know, so that we knew that when we had our products ready, we could share them with people and could very quickly get, get our message out. But also people who were following us could see we were genuinely passionate about our guinea pigs and it was a family business and, and people really want to buy into that. Yeah. And they have done and it's really, really re rewarding from our perspective. You know, I think it's one of the most amazing things of Instagram or any social media format is that if you really get down to your niche and you're telling a good story and you're sharing, people want to be a part of that that are interested in the same thing as you. And I think that's a really interesting thing. Mm -hmm. 
by being lovers of guinea pigs, you knew your market, you knew what they thought, you knew all that thing. And even as you've said today, knowing how to design a product for a guinea pig is different from a hamster. Us non-guinea pig people have no clue of that, but that's the same for every business. The people who are in your target audience get it. Yes, absolutely. You know, and then this little niche that in the UK, just just to give you a few figures, the UK market we we think and it's estimations there are around seven hundred thousand guinea pigs. Now, um, that ain't bad if all of a sudden. But you guys are blowing my mind with this today. You're blowing my mind with how many people buy guinea pigs. (laughs) It's like, well, yeah. I mean, this this is just some really interesting stats. So, dogs, for example, there are about nine million in the UK. Now, if you wanted to launch a new dog brand, right, you are fighting against hundreds of brands. Mm. I think there's about 30 new dog foods every time there is a UK pet trade show. Right. Right? So the marketing budget you require to get your little bit of the pie is massive. Mm. And that pie of the 9 million suddenly becomes very, very small. Yeah. Now, if we could go in, there is a whole big pie waiting for us that is, you know, 700,000. There is hardly anyone servicing that. A lot of, there's, there's some crafts, there's some Etsy and Ebayers who are creating their own stuff uh, just at home. But no one big. No one's really, huh. no one there. So, yeah, so if I'm trying what? to compete you know, with 200, easily. if I'm doing the math, there's yeah. 200 companies going for 9 million or there's two companies going for 700,000. Which one do I want to be? Hmm, math is good. Now, but, and then, yeah, finish up. Sorry, and then, of course, that's, approximately in France, double in Germany. Uh, we think there's nearly 3 million in the US. You know, it, it scales up. So, but that, that brings me then to the point of globalization of your business, because when you pick a niche that's that tight, you really do have to, I guess, uh, make the decision to go global. I don't think you can make the decision to just be local if you want to be big when that's the case. True? Or how, how did you find that? What was your yeah, thoughts? Absolutely. And, and that's always been in the mind of the the, the bigger vision, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and, you know, one of, one of the very early things that we did actually was uh, contact uh, some guys in, in Australia who would, had us, we're doing a similar thing to us, or what we we envisaged we were going to do, and yes, they, they you know they were they were the sort of largest online retailer for guinea pigs. Uh, the UK didn't have an online retailer for guinea pigs, but in Australia they did. So we we made contact with them, we shared our ideas with them. They bought into our ideas very early and supported what we were doing, and they have worked really really hard for us effectively as our distributor in Australia. And uh, not so long ago, we signed up with the biggest rate retailer in Australia. So, you know, that that's that's within 19 months of trading with, you know, a small family business. You know, you it's know? it's interesting though, gang, because a lot of people when they're starting a business, older or younger, don't think as global as that. They sort of think very local. They think small. I love the fact that you guys being. Uh, ready to go global from day one. And I think that that's a really important lesson for people here. Did it, I mean, you, you mentioned it was part of the vision. Was it part of the plan always to go to Australia first or did that just come about so you took the first real opportunity that came your way? Which way did it work? Yeah. I mean, there was the research prior to, you know, 
to to get this off the ground, I had to do my research. I had to put together a business plan to get some funding together. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of my research was looking at who is doing who is doing anything like this. And the reality was there was kind of a little bit of something going on in America. There was probably this Australian uh, these Australian guys were, were were the best at what what I envisaged. I wanted our business to look like in, yeah. in the UK. So it was kind of a bit of to to putting the two together, but also with with when I was working, you know, as a freelancer, working with the Australians was always fabulous. I've, I've always we are fun. It. Us so Aussies are fun. That is the way behind it. I mean, <laughs> it it's, is fun. It's, I keep you know, telling you guys that you English kicked out all the fun people two hundred years ago. We got that understanding. Yeah. Well, I think we totally did. Yeah. You know. And, <laughs> I, I find I find the UK pet trade. Well, we certainly do. We 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 find it a bit prudish, don't we? We find yeah. it a bit. There's there's a, you've got to break down the barriers. It's a bit old fashioned. It's, um, it's very old fashioned, really. And I think I think there is change coming, but um, yeah, it it does need to it does need to move with the times a little bit. But well, they they're certainly on it over in Australia, and you know, and it, it's a couple of people we've got a really lovely working relationship with, which just adds to the joy of it all as well. Yeah. Well, let's flip this over for a second because older people in business look at it and go, well, you're moving too fast. You're creating too much new stuff. It's too different. It's too unusual. No one wants to buy that sort of stuff. Whereas young people look at it from a, why are you so slow? What's it so stodgy for? How come you can't understand this new thing called Instagram? You know, to me... But that's what creates a lot of the opportunity. And I think without things like Instagram and Facebook and this stuff, your business would be very difficult. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? Um, there's, there's still people who take orders and they pack them in a box and they take them down the post office. And we haven't done any of that. Mm. Straight away, we, we, took our, we had to take a large amount of stock in order to produce the kind of products we wanted. But there was no way that was going in our house. It would have filled our house. So we had to find a way of working with that. And, and that meant getting it into a fulfillment center, uh, finding a fulfillment center, understanding how to work with a fulfillment center. But actually, you know, doing that, integrating it with a website where an order comes in, we look at the phone and go, oh, order's in. And guess what? Go straight to the warehouse, the warehouse posts it out, and we hopefully have a happy customer at the other end. You, you um, know, the crazy so- thing about that is most people sort of they theorize about virtual business. They think about virtual business. They've read about virtual business, but you guys do it every day. Yeah. 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 And it, it, as I say, it's through necessity. Um, the, the, the bonkers thing about the way that we've done this business is that we've both, we've both had a full-time, well, a part-time job on the side. Um, you know, so while we were building this, I was, you know, I was, I was continuing with my design consultancy. Yep. Ellen's continuing with her teaching, you know, and, and we were we were putting putting all the funds that were coming in straight back into the business to, to grow it as efficiently as we can. So, you know, we've now got a, a business that's ticking over nicely and you know, I'm trying my best to to say, No, I can't take any design work. I'm too busy, you know. You know, the crazy um, thing is though, and this is where most people sort of if I could really get people to understand yeah, you start with a side gig. Your side gig becomes your main gig. That's that's essentially what yeah. happens. And Absolutely. the millennial generation is the number one side gig organization because Instagram and all of this has allowed us to create virtual businesses 
and build it from yeah. that. I think that you guys are a living proof of that being a reality. Um, yeah. If I just yeah, go back I, to the marketing, know. if I could just go back to the marketing aspect, though, because I think there's a lot of really important stuff that, that we've just skimmed on, but I'd like to touch on two points behind it. One is that you built a profile, built a personality around this. How important do you think that is for people to build that profile and personality and be a part of that story? It's, it's really hugely important, and and that you know it, it does go two ways. But yeah, I think I think if you let people in um, to your world, then they're they're much more willing to get on board with you. Um, mm. would you do you think that's true? Yeah, I, I think that a, a couple of things that we've been very proactive with. You know, we we've got along to pet shows. We, we've been there. You know, we've we've taken our stall. It's a pop up shop, effectively. People come and visit us. You know, that we take the guinea pigs along. Not all of them. We <laughs> take a few of them. Yeah. And, and how many are there? Just just out of out of curiosity, how many are there now? Yeah. At, at the moment, there are six. There has been as many as eight. Right. Um, so it, it, it fluctuates. Um, you know, we've we've had a few tragedies recently, and that's really hard. And and that's something that it's not we're, it's not just us that's sharing. You know, the illness or, or the death of a guinea pig. It's actually all these followers, and they are really, really. Wow. engaged and involved yeah and i tell you what one of the hardest things to do is when i have to write that story about the guinea pig that's passed away and then the reaction that we get i mean it's overwhelming but it's you know it, but these people it, live your life with you almost they live that part of it i know there's a, a a great farm here in the united states that produce great amazing cows and and their, their beef is phenomenal but they keep everyone involved in the family. You know, when there's a when there's a new calf yeah. and when there's this and when there's all these things, they keep people involved. And I think that that's a part of your success is it's a family story. It's all of that. And, and the guinea pigs make a part of that story. I think one other thing yeah. that, that is very important for people to realize is that you are marketing on a global scale. You are pushing it on a global scale. You're not just trying to be local. You can you can sell to anywhere basically. Yeah, 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 and that following is so so helpful, you know, because classic thing for an entrepreneur is the highs and the lows, you know. And there are times that have been there's been some real lows, and you you know you you perhaps you've lost a guinea pig or you know you've had a real knockback and you need picking up. And guess who picks you up? It's actually that following, yeah. that following that keeps you going. Um, and, and, you know, we've just currently welcomed two very, very young guinea pigs into the hay pigs uh, clan. And just everyone's so excited. They're, they're just, you know, these pigs are going to have such a great time. We know we've seen what you, what setups you guys create for them and all the toys that they get to play with. You know, and it's, it's so fulfilling. You know, you guys are a great example of what we can do when we set our mind to building a business. You've won many awards. You've had a lot of fun with it. But I think that the fact that you've gone out, created a virtual business, turned it into a real business for yourselves that takes care of everything, and it's what you want to be doing. This is the whole point of The Apprentice <laughs> Billionaire. Yeah. You know, if if yeah. I could say one last thing, it's congrats on building a business where you get to work together and, and live your life together because that's an amazing thing in this day and age. 
<laughs> and you know what? We've 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 found ways of working harmoniously as well. Um, yeah, believe I, it or not. <laughs> you know that's a whole other podcast. That one there is a whole other podcast. <laughs> Rick, Helen, thank you so much for sharing a bit about Hey Pigs with us here today. I love what you're doing out there. I love that you set an example for people to get into business for themselves, doing stuff they love, and creating amazing success. Thanks for being on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you.